Nancy fished in her pocket and produced a newspaper cutting. I saw this and it made me think, she said. You and I have both lost the men in our lives, but I'd still like to be married and have a family of my own. I know there are going to be very few men to marry after the war, so it seemed sensible to plan a career. But then I saw this. Well, read it yourself. Jess took the cutting. Wanted. Wives for two Australians working in the outback. Return passages paid. Nancy peered into her friend's face. What do you think? This would be as much a business proposition as a career in nursing. Jess snorted. They're after free housekeepers, she said bluntly. What's more, it's half a world away, and it's an awful long journey. You've got to live on whatever they send you for weeks. That puts you under an obligation. It'd be difficult to back out, say you've made a mistake. She tossed the cutting into her friend's lap. Only a fool would answer that advertisement. Nancy sighed and tucked it away. She'd hoped her friend might consider going with her. She supposed she could go alone, but dismissed the thought. So presently, when Jess said, Well, are you going to go off on this wild goose chase? Nancy replied, Don't be daft, it was just an idea. But later, in her parents' house in Devonshire, Nancy got out the advertisement again, then found a photograph of herself in her nurse's uniform at the start of hostilities. She penned a short letter, saying she was interested, and popped it into an envelope with the photograph. Next day, telling herself she was committing to nothing, she sent it off. Nancy enjoyed her time at home with her parents and her sister Anne, who'd also nursed in France. She rejoined Jess in Liverpool to begin training, but after only a month at the hospital she began to long for something different. If only the Australians would reply. So when in April a letter came bearing an Australian postmark, Nancy opened it with trembling fingers. First she examined the photograph which fell out. It was of a young man in army uniform. He was half smiling and the slouch hat which the Anzacs wore couldn't hide the fact that his hair was as fair as Nancy's. Nancy read on the back, Andrew Sullivan, 12th September 1914. Beneath it was pencilled, I don't have a recent photo, but this will give you a rough idea. I'm a good deal changed. Andy. Nancy studied the photograph intently. Yes, he'd be a good deal changed, as she was. She turned to the letter. Dear Miss Kerris, thank you for writing. It was very brave, but then all the nurses I met during the war were brave. I've enclosed a photograph, but I'm much changed. No one could go through what we did and remain unaltered. Now I'm home, I'd like a wife and a family of my own, but girls are scarce in the outback. I'm 27 and my brother Clive is 24. He works with me on the Wallaroo cattle station in Queensland and is also looking for a wife. I won't deceive you that life here is easy. In summer the heat can be intense, and in the wet, though it isn't cold, it rains constantly and turns the station into a bog. Cattle stations are very large, so one's nearest neighbours are a great way off, which can mean a wife is lonely, though we employ many native workers. However, a woman in the outback needs a friend, which is why I decided to advertise. You say in your letter you have a sister. Would she not like to take up our offer? It would be company for you both on the journey and, if we're suited, on Wallaroo Station. Clive and I have agreed we won't urge marriage on anyone, but we'll leave it to you to stay or return home. I haven't enclosed a money order since until you reply, I cannot tell whether you'll come. 
As soon as you let me know, I'll set things in motion. Yours sincerely, Andrew Sullivan. Having read the letter twice, Nancy settled back to think. She was mulling the matter over when Jess came in. Thank goodness that's over. I've been assisting Staff Nurse Smith and she's so slow. She stopped. Who's the letter from? What a handsome young man. The letter's from the fellow who put that advert in the paper, remember? And the photograph is one he sent. She handed Jess the letter. Tell me what you think. Jess plunked herself down. She read the entire letter twice before pushing it across the table. Anyone who takes up an offer like that is mad. I suppose you answered his advertisement as a joke. What will you do now? Write and tell him it's not on. Nancy picked up the photograph and stared at it. She believed Mr Sullivan to be honest, straightforward, the sort who'd be likelier to tell the worst than the best. Well? Jess's voice was sharp. I'm telling you, Nancy, only a shameless hussy would go chasing after a man she's never met. I'm going to write to him again and I shall probably set off for Australia in the summer, like the shameless hussy I am, Nancy said quietly. I'm sorry you've such a poor opinion of me, Jess, but nursing in peacetime isn't for me. If Graham had lived, I'd have married him and been perfectly happy. As it is, I'm prepared to settle for something less. At any rate, I mean to give it a go. Jess, come with me. I don't believe you're any happier than I am. Don't turn your back just because it's a long way. It's nothing to do with being a long way, Jess said. I'm in love with Barney and I'll never love anyone else, let alone marry. I won't go chasing after no foreigners. I'm not chasing after anyone, Nancy said, and I shall never forget Graham, but I'm only twenty-two. I'd like to have children. Jess gave Nancy a hug. I'm sorry, but you're my best friend and I can't bear to think of you so far away. Oh, Nancy, say you won't go. Nancy sighed. I'm making no promises, Jess, except I will think very carefully before committing myself. Will that satisfy you? I suppose it's the most I can hope for, Jess said sadly. It wasn't until the autumn of 1919 that Nancy set sail. She and Andrew Sullivan had exchanged many letters, and the more she learned, the more she liked him. Despite her hopes, Nancy was travelling alone. Not only had Jess proved obdurate, but a week after Nancy had booked her passage, they'd had a dreadful row. Now Nancy stood on the deck of the ship and looked back at the disappearing coastline. The tiny figure waving a handkerchief was her sister Anne, who'd insisted upon seeing her aboard. Nancy turned away and headed for her cabin. A thought occurred to her. She was off on an adventure, but poor Jess was left behind. I'll write her a letter and post it when I get the chance, Nancy told herself. I'll tell her to address the letters to the Wallaroo station and then her reply will be there when I arrive. It'll be the next best thing to being met by Jess herself. Jess handed in her notice at the hospital a couple of days after Nancy left. She'd obtained a position as private nurse to an old lady in a large house off Lancaster Avenue. The job was living and her employer, Mrs Bellamy, provided all her meals. Despite her age, Mrs Bellamy was lively and intelligent and Jess grew fonder of her employer every day. It was a fine spring day. Jess had put a vase of violets on Mrs Bellamy's breakfast tray before carrying it up. She was hurrying downstairs again when the post came. 
There were four letters for her employer and one for herself, which had been forwarded by the hospital. It was from Nancy. The letter began with an account of the voyage. Nancy described her excitement over reaching Sydney and her delight when she was approached by a tall, fair-haired man on the quayside who introduced himself as Andrew Sullivan. "'I hadn't realised how long it would take to reach the Wallaroo from Sydney,' Nancy wrote. "'We had to catch a steamer up the coast. Then we caught a train. "'Mr Sullivan entertained me, telling me the names of the flowers and animals we saw "'and trying to put me in the picture regarding the homestead. "'I must tell you, Andy and I were married before we left Sydney. "'Neither of us pretends to be in love, but we like one another very well "'and I'm sure we'll grow fonder as time goes by.' Please don't be cross. It would have been difficult to undertake this journey as an unmarried woman, accompanied only by a bachelor. Australians would have expected me to have a female companion. Also, we would have had to travel back to town to get married, and Andy's brother Clive has already been in charge too long. Jess, please forgive my part in our quarrel. I said some dreadful things which I didn't mean, and I long to hear from you. All my love, Nancy. Jess poured herself a cup of coffee. It wasn't fair. She was beginning to realise that, fond though she was of Mrs Bellamy, she hungered for a home and a man of her own. Mrs Bellamy often suggested Jess take an evening off and go out, but so far she hadn't. Anyway, she told herself, you had a chance of a better life in Australia, same as Nancy, but she took it and you didn't. Well, Nancy, there it is, Wallaroo Station. The boys'll have gathered in the yard to meet you. I can see them from here. Andy squeezed her hand. The buckboard skidded to a halt and everyone surged forward. Andy helped Nancy down. There's only one of the gins working.